to be an encouragement is to us and to many others, and we're glad that we could be together. It is a grand, a special time for us, a second anniversary, and some ways it seems like yesterday, and other things like it's forever, but it's been wonderful to see how God has been working in so many ways and how thankful we are for what God has done. Now, this is the time, by the way, if it's time for the children, there is a place for them to come right here and come right along here. There's a number of children this morning. All right, here they come. They're coming down the place. Here they are. We thank God for the children that are here. We look how God will work in their lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank, are so thankful that we could be together on a special day like today. We thank you that we've seen your mercy and your grace, your care, your provision in so many unexpected ways. You've shown yourself to be faithful to the promises you make to your people, and we give you great praise. Our Father, we thank you that we could have Craig Schill with us today. And we ask, Father, that you would enable him and empower him to bring the message that you have put upon his heart, that he can bring, bring encouragement and strength to us. We thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you will yet do in our lives and in this world. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Many of you have known Craig Schill. Many of you have not. Craig is one of those wonder guys that came through Dallas Seminary and had many opportunities, and he chose instead to be able to take the opportunity to start a new church, Lake Cities Community Church. And as Craig will tell you, or anybody who's ever started a church, it is not easy, and it has its moments, and God is incredibly faithful. And so we're very grateful to have Craig and Tammy here, and they're, and they're I was going to say kids, they're really not kids anymore, they're growing up. Why are oh, never mind. Um, but we're so glad that they're here, and I think Craig has something really that we has to share with us, and I think it'd be an encouragement to all of us. So, Craig, if you would come and share God's word. Thank you very much, Carl. I appreciate that. Can I set my notes here? That'd be okay. It is a joy, a true joy for my family and I to be with you uh, today, especially on a second anniversary. Uh, it is just a real treat. Carl has been such a good friend uh, to me and a mentor in many, many ways. I wouldn't have the ministry that I have without his investment in my life. And so it is a joy, a true joy for us to be with you on such a special day. And I bring you greetings from Lake Cities Community Church. We value our friendship with you. And uh, some of you are asking how things are going with the church. So let me just take a couple of minutes before we get into the message uh, to give you a quick update. Uh, the last time that I was here before you, we were in a capital campaign raising funds to purchase three and a half acres of land in a growing part of the city of Rowlett. Well, by God's grace, we were able to uh, finish that project, purchase that land, uh, which is here. It's in the it's in the northern part of the city of Rowlett off of the George Bush Tollway and Liberty Grove. The Lord's given us three and a half acres there. It was a great milestone for us as a church. We'll celebrate our seventh anniversary in April. And so we're very glad for that. Thank you for your partnership with us in that project. Many of you prayed for that purchase and some of you gave towards that purchase. Uh, we're very thankful for that. Now on the property is a modular building. It's about, uh, about 5,000 square feet. 
And though we are very thankful for this facility, it is woefully out of compliance with the city of Rowlett code. And so, in fact, the city has given us a deadline of October of this year to upgrade the exterior of the facility for us to continue occupancy in it. And so we are now in another capital campaign to raise funds to redo the outside of this building. And actually, we're towards the end of that. We're getting very, very close. There's what the new front of that building will look like. And the next slide shows you uh, the design. So we're very excited about sort of redeeming this building for God's good purposes. It will completely transform the look of it, make the city quite a bit happier, and, and we think give us a really uh, wonderful place for ministry for the next 10, 20 years uh, in a growing part of the city. So we're uh, thankful to be here as fellow church plants. Let's pray for one another uh, so that we might accomplish the work, really, that God's given us to do. All right, let's bow our heads. Let's pray as we prepare for our time in his word. Father, thank you for this precious opportunity to be with my brothers and sisters here at Grace Redeemer. Thank you for their love and vitality in serving you in this community. I pray that this message would be helpful and encouraging to them on the journey that they are on. Speak, we ask, as you have promised to do by the power of your spirit through your living word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, I grew up with a great American tradition called the two-week summer vacation. Uh, my brother, sister, and I, we would all pile into the family station wagon there in, on the screen with the wood paneling, and it pulled a pop-up camper. Uh, here's a photo of us set up at a campsite. Uh, the pictures are faded because it's been so many years ago, but those were wonderful uh, memories. From our home in suburban Chicago, one year we made it all the way out to the Grand Canyon, uh, another year, we, we camped all the way around Lake Superior there in the Midwest. Another summer found us at Mount Rushmore. Another summer at Niagara Falls. And so, so many wonderful memories that we have from those two-week family vacations. Uh, but when you start a long journey like those were in the family car, you do not arrive at your destination in one day. And so when some refreshment was needed, when the kids had to go to the bathroom, or when we just needed a break from one another, we would begin looking for the rest area. How many of you remember rest areas along the interstate? All right, now I know they're still out there, but they're quickly fading away because people now prefer to go to a fast food restaurant or to those gas stations that double as grocery, uh, grocery stores. Uh, when we travel now, my wife looks for Bucky's. Anybody been to a Bucky's? Huge! Huge, voted to have the cleanest restrooms in America. And so we look for those. And all of that is fine, but I still have a nostalgic affection for those old-fashioned rest areas. Uh, consider this morning that church anniversaries are rest stops on the long, on the long journey of ministry. Uh, these are times to stop the car, to let everybody get out and stretch their legs, as a congregation, you've already come a, a good distance. You already have memories. You already have reflections. You've seen quite a bit of scenery go by. And yet you know this morning that the journey's not over. And so this is the time as it action. This is the time to refresh yourselves, to gather up your strength for the next leg of the journey. And so to help you do that this morning, I want us to consider the biblical doctrine of endurance. Um, uh, on your seat or in your bulletin, there's a blue handout where you'll find the outline today's, to today's message. I'd encourage you to follow along with that. 
Uh, first, we're going to look at the reasons we need to concern ourselves with the topic of endurance. Uh, second, we're going to develop a roadmap for endurance and find out how do we endure. And finally, we'll end with some reflections uh, for you and I and for our churches in this area of enduring. So let's start with some reasons, uh, some reasons for endurance. Uh, as I think about it, endurance is necessary because life is hard and the journey is long. We must endure because life is hard and the journey is long. And so we must think about biblical endurance. I don't think I need to convince you, do I, this morning that life is hard? I mean, there are some younger folks here who maybe for a young person, they've not yet tasted real affliction in their life. And for that, we give thanks to the Lord that he's protected some of our children and some young folks that they've not yet experienced that. But I would guess if you're over the age of 30, that you have experienced firsthand and personally that life at times can be very, very, very painful. And not only is life painful, but the journey is long. It takes a while to raise a family. It takes a long time to establish a career or even to plant a church. And so when you put together the fact that life can be painful and the journey can be long, all of a sudden, this topic of endurance becomes very, very relevant to us. As scripture draws our attention to this connection of endurance and hardship many, many times. Uh, let me give you a few examples. To the church in Rome, Paul said in Romans 5.3, we also rejoice in sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And he also said in Romans 12.12, rejoice in hope, endure in suffering. To the church in Corinth, he said, 1 Corinthians 4.12, when we are persecuted, we endure to the church in Thessalonica, 2 Thess 1.4. Therefore, we ourselves speak proudly of you among the churches of God. Why? For your perseverance and faith in the midst of all your persecutions and afflictions, which you endure. And he said to young Timothy, but you, Timothy, be sober in all things and what? Endure hardship. You know, it's tragic that we don't talk more about the biblical doctrine of endurance because it is the Bible's first response when pain enters into our lives. It's the very first thing that comes up side by side with affliction. They could not be more closely linked. But what is endurance? We need to define what we're talking about this morning before we move on. The primary Greek word behind the English word endurance, the primary word starts with the preposition under. Okay, so you're under something. It, it, it means to, to live under the difficulty. You have the weight of the hardship over you, and you dwell there for a time. And so uh, here's the definition I'd like for us to use this morning. Endurance is carrying a heavy burden over time, even though you feel like quitting. Let me say that again. Picture endurance as carrying a heavy burden over time even though you feel like quitting. Endurance about, is about deciding to carry on when you feel like shutting down. Endurance is deciding not to quit something. Uh, endurance is being faithful to what God has given you to carry for as long as he asks you to carry it. Uh, early in his ministry, a Reverend Clarence McCartney 
interviewed an elderly Civil War soldier. This was in the 20s and 30s. This man was elderly at the time. He had been part of the Battle of Gettysburg. And the man recounted the march of the Sixth Corps. And for this group to get to the battlefield, his unit had to march 34 miles in two days. They only took one one-hour break, if you can imagine that. The soldier recalled his chafed limbs, the blood in his shoes, the perspiration, and the exhaustion. He told the pastor that this long march was the hardest experience he faced in the long Civil War. A Pastor McCartney drew this conclusion in one of his sermons. He said to his congregation, It is sometimes harder to march than it is to fight. The test of endurance is the long march. He said to his church, you have set out on a long march. You will meet many others who have gone part of the way and have turned back. You will have by your side many others who are ready to quit. But always there are some who are going steadily forward, who have no idea of anything but enduring until the end. How applicable that is for those of us who are in the spiritual battle of church ministry. Endurance is carrying a heavy load over time and not giving up and not quitting. So that's what endurance is, and that's why we need to be concerned with this topic. So now, how do we endure in that manner? Uh, how do we practice that kind of endurance? A scripture provides for us at least three ways in which we as believers are to endure hardship. Uh, this will provide our roadmap for going through difficult times and enduring them. Uh, listen for the first way to endure. I'm going to share three scriptures, see if you can pick up on, on what the on what the uh, way is. 2 Corinthians 1.6 But if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation, which is effective in the patient enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. The next one is 2 Timothy 2.24 The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but to be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged. 1 Peter 2.20 when you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it, and this finds favor with God. So how do we endure? We endure with patience. That is what pleases God, is patient endurance. You know, on those long road trips uh, that you're on, especially if you have young kids in the car, it seems like those young kids are hardwired to say, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And so the parent has to turn over their shoulder and say, we're not there yet. You need to be patient. It's going to be four more hours till we get to grandma's house. And they're like, well, Johnny is, is, is poking me and Sarah's on my side of the seat. And the parent has, says, hey, you have to patiently endure with one another on this journey until we get to the destination. You know, enduring with anger is, is, is not hard. Enduring with frustration takes no special skill, but to endure patiently takes a real act of God's grace. I remember in the blazing heat of a Texas August a few years ago when our church was meeting in, the elementary, in an elementary school, the Pences may remember this, we arrived at the school that morning to find that the air conditioner was out. It was uncomfortably hot. We made some phone calls to the contacts at the school district. We discovered that the system was broken. There was nothing we could do about it. But we worshiped with joy before the Lord. The, the programs turned into fans, you know, like in the old days. And it really didn't bother me. It was kind of fun in a way. It was one of those church plant adventures that you have when you're a young church. 
Well, the following week, I arrived later than usual, knowing our excellent team was setting up the facility. I had assurance from the school that the air conditioner had been fixed. In fact, they apologized for the inconvenience that it put on our congregation. They even said, we're not going to charge you rent for that Sunday. And I said, it's, that's fine. We understand that those kinds of things happen. I was very gracious. But I was glad that the problem was in the previous week because this Sunday was a special Sunday. We had a guest preacher coming in, and he was bringing many visitors from his congregation. And so I was glad we had the problem the previous week. But as I walked into the elementary school that Sunday morning, the joy of the Lord quickly slipped out of my soul as I felt the hot, sticky air of the cafeteria, which was already in the mid-90s. I was immediately frustrated with the school district, feeling like they had broken their promises to us. The grace I had shown the week before was hard for me to find as the guests showed up in their suit and ties ready to worship with us. You know, I think generally we do okay with the first wave of difficulty. The first week that there's a problem, the first week that you have a misunderstanding with someone, but it's that second and third and fourth wave of difficulty where our patient endurance is really tested. Uh, for our church, facilities have been a long and enduring challenge. We met in seven different locations in our first five years, and we easily looked at 20 different properties to lease or to purchase over that time before the Lord opened the door at our current location. You know, I believe that the Lord has for every church, especially a young church, a specific set of challenges for you that he wants you to patiently endure until he resolves it. So I know you have some facility issues here. We're praying with you that the Lord would lead you in the right, just in the right direction. But whatever it is, God gives us challenges to test our faith and his calling for us is to not endure with anger, to not endure with frustration, but to endure patiently the burden that the Lord has given to us. So how do we endure? We endure patiently, waiting on God's timing. The second way we endure, the second pin on the roadmap, is to endure with promise. Endure with promise. And what I mean by that is that our endurance is made a little bit easier when we realize that God has promised to do some good things for us in our time of enduring. Uh, listen to some of God's promises to us as we endure difficulty. James said in James 1.4, And let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. What a great promise that is. James says, as you're enduring difficulty, as you're, as you're under this weight for a period of time, God's working in your character to mature you in ways that would not be possible except that you're going through this hardship. And so that gives us some hope and some comfort that this time is not in vain. The Lord's working in my life in this time of affliction that I have. James also says in verse 12 of the same chapter, Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. And so it seems like there, there's not only promises to, to strengthen our character and to mature us, but there's promises of some spiritual reward in the next life. That the suffering we're going through now will have a payoff then. And that gives us hope and that, and that gives us encouragement uh, for this time. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 10, 22, you will be hated by all because of my name. But it is the one who has endured to the end who will be saved. What a great promise that is, that endurance is so closely linked even to our salvation. 
Think about a mother who endures the pains of childbirth because of the child that comes at the end makes it all worthwhile. The athlete endures painful and grueling uh, workouts and training, knowing that the victory coming in his or her sport is worth the effort. And the same way for you and I, that when we face suffering, what we're called to endure is not in vain because God promises that blessing and good will come out of this time of difficulty. It's not in vain. Listen to the beautiful words of Thomas Akempis, who was a middle-aged theologian from the medieval period, 14th century. As he summarized the doctrine of endurance and the great promises of God from the perspective of Christ, uh, he said, Do not be worn out by the labors which you have undertaken for my sake, and do not let tribulations ever cast you down. Instead, let my promise strengthen and comfort you under every circumstance. I am well able to reward you above all measure and degree. You shall not toil here long, nor always be oppressed with griefs. A time will come when all labor and trouble will cease. Labor faithfully in my vineyard. I will provide your payment. So how do we endure? We endure with patience. How do we endure? We endure with the great promises of God. Kempis's quote leads us now to our last and most important way that we endure hardship is that we endure with perspective. We endure with the great perspective given to us by our Lord Jesus Christ. We turn to that great chapter in Hebrews, Hebrews 12. The writer of the Hebrew, to the Hebrews said the following, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And now, for consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And so, beloved, when we become weary of the burdens that we're carrying... When you come to that point where you're ready to give up, it's too much. When you get to that point, we are told to look to Christ and to consider him. Consider the suffering that he went through that led him to the cross. Consider how God the Father came and now exalted him to be at his right hand. Consider Jesus Christ and be encouraged in your own circumstance as you think about our Savior. Uh, if, however, we compare our burdens with other people, if we're like, yeah, I've, I've got a bigger burden than you do, and we start playing that game, that will lead to a pretty bad perspective on our suffering. Or if we begin to look inward, and we only look in the mirror, and we become to be self-absorbed with the difficulty that we're facing, that also leads to a poor perspective. Scripture says that the only person that you and I should compare our trouble to is Jesus Christ. Compare your pain to his pain. That will give you a good perspective. Compare your call to endurance to what he was called to endure. That will give you a good perspective. Consider how God's promises to Christ were faithfully seen in the resurrection of his son and the exalting him to the right hand as you think about the promises that God has given to you as you're in the middle of your struggle. Christ gives us the perfect perspective Jesus commended one church, the church in Ephesus, in Revelation 2, verse 3, for having applied this concept. Christ said, you have perseverance 
and have endured for my name's sake and have not grown weary. Their focus on Christ, on the name of Christ, allowed them to not give up, to not grow weary in the persecution that they were facing. Uh, let me see if I can give you an illustration of this. Uh, many years ago, a man from Dundee, Scotland, he was confined to his bed for 40 years because he had had an accident at the age of 15 where he broke his neck. This was back around the turn of the century. Uh, but this man, his spirit remained unbroken. His cheerfulness and his courage so inspired the people of the town that he enjoyed a constant stream of guests. Uh, one day, a visitor asked him, doesn't Satan ever tempt you just to despair and to doubt God's goodness? The man replied, oh, yes, of course he does. He said, I lie here in my bed and I see my old schoolmates running up and down the street and driving in their carriages. And at those times, Satan whispers to me, look at them. If God is so good, why did he allow this to happen to you and not to them? Uh, the visitor asked, well, what do you do when Satan whispers those things to you? Ah, replied the paralyzed man, I take him to Calvary. I show him Christ and I point to his deep wounds and I say to him, the suffering of Christ proves to me his love for me. And he said, Satan has no answer to this and he flees me every time, leaving me with only hope and joy for the day. Beloved, I don't know what burden you're carrying today. Some of you may be carrying some very heavy burdens. Some of your burdens may be invisible to others here in this room and people don't even know you're going through what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing. I do know it's not going to be helpful for you just to compare your pain to someone else's pain. I do know that it's not going to be helpful to you just to become self-absorbed in your difficulty. But what will be eternally helpful to you is for you to consider Jesus Christ and to bring your suffering to him and to, and to, come to consider his deep wounds, to consider his loving endurance to you. That's what's going to be helpful to you and I. That's the, that's the answer that we, would, uh, that we would persevere and that we would endure with the perspective of Jesus Christ. We must endure, as we said, because life is hard and the journey is long. That's the way it is on this side of heaven. The life, life, is, life is hard and the journey is long. Therefore, we endure, we, we carry the burden that God has given to us over time, even though we want to quit for as long as he's given that to us. How do we endure? We endure with patience. We endure with promise. And we endure with the perspective of Christ. Amen? As we begin to close, let me leave you with two points of application. Uh, the first application is for you and I as individuals. The second is a corporate application for you as a church. For you and I, I want to challenge us to encourage someone this week in biblical endurance. I think that would be a great application of this message as we've been talking about this concept and looking at scriptures, that you would take what you've learned here today and that you would encourage someone else who could use a word of encouragement because of what they're enduring in their life. Maybe it's a family member that you know. Maybe it's someone here in the church fellowship. Uh, maybe you've seen a post on Facebook of a friend of a friend who just received some devastating news. I want you to pray that the Lord would give you one person that you would reach out to and that these concepts that we've been talking about today that you might bring to them by way of encouragement to their own endurance through the difficulty they're going through. You know, so often we don't know what to say to someone who's going through a difficult time. And, and I struggle with that at times. You don't want to say the wrong thing. And sometimes it's best not to say anything. 
But I would just remind us this morning that Scripture's first response to pain when it comes is endurance. Its first response, endure hardship, endure persecution, endure suffering. And so I have found in my own ministry that when I have something to speak or a message to give, when I center it around this concept of endurance, it's usually pretty well received. And so maybe you'll write a note this week or make a phone call, send a message on social media. You might write something like this, for example. You might say, I'm praying for God's daily grace to carry you through this difficult time. That's a biblical message of endurance that could be an encouragement to someone. Or you might write something like this. I can't imagine how heavy this burden must be to bear. I am praying God will give you patience as you face this injustice or this diagnosis or this difficulty. Acknowledge that this is a heavy burden. Pray that they would have patience as they deal with this difficulty. I think these messages from God's word can be helpful to folks. Uh, or maybe you just go to the Christian bookstore and you buy one of those cute posters. <laughs> you know, as long as it has a cat hanging from something on it, hang in there. You know, maybe you're trying to encourage a child or, or a teenager. You know, take this message of endurance and encourage someone this week. Would you do that? Just let's, let's encourage someone uh, what, with what we have learned this morning. A second, as a church, I want to have an encouragement to you, a challenge to you, and that is to patiently endure any hardships that may come in this third year of ministry. Now, I'm not a prophet. I'm not predicting that you will have a hard year. <laughs> in fact, I'd pray just the opposite, that this will be a year of great increase and blessing and a smooth path. But typically, the third year of ministry is a difficult year in church planting because the newness has worn off. You've gone through everything once, you've gone through everything twice, and sometimes it's in that third year and in that fourth year that the challenges come into clear focus. And so I want to encourage you from all of the scriptures that we've studied this morning, don't quit, don't give up. If you're sitting here this morning and you're thinking about the church with the bigger programs and the nicer facilities, now is not the time to quit. This is the time to commit, to endure until the destination that God has for you. To endure with patience, to endure with promise, to endure with the perspective of Christ so that you will not grow weary or lose heart. You know, the best part of those summer vacations was arriving at the destination. That was the best part, right? I remember, I mean, I remember, literally remember, when we got out and we saw the great expanse of the Grand Canyon when we arrived at that destination. I remember uh, the power of the Niagara Falls, if you've been there, just the power of that water and the spray that comes up into your face. I remember looking up at those four presidents on Mount Rushmore and thinking, wow, someone carved those? I mean, the, the arrival at the destination is really a glorious time. And, and it makes enduring the journey worthwhile. Now remember that church anniversaries, they're a rest stop on the long journey of ministry. I mean, this is a destination. This is a time to praise God and thank God for his faithfulness. But there is a glorious destination for your church in the future around the corner. So don't give up. Endure faithfully with Christ. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this lesson from your word. And I ask that these seeds might be planted and that they might take root and that they might grow, that we would endure faithfully with what you have given us to carry. For those here today who are carrying heavy burdens of various shapes and sizes, help all of us to fix our eyes on you. 
For those who are about to quit or to walk away from a relationship or from a situation, give them strength to remain under the hardship until you remove it in your timing. And I ask that we would all be an encouragement to others this week and help them to bear the burdens that they have. For this church, Grace Redeemer, I pray that you would build into their culture and into their character the biblical doctrine of endurance, that they will run the race you have given them all the way until the glorious end. This we ask and this we pray with thanksgiving in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Craig, thank you so much. It's an encouragement to us to have you with us. We thank you so much. You were given, given us some ideas, and I want to give you an idea. As someone who's a little bit further down the road, okay. every time I do a message on endurance yes. or patience, <laughs> God gives me an opportunity he does do that. to work on that. Yes. And I don't do very well on that. <laughs> but thank you for giving us that. Amen. And we appreciate you. You're a dear brother, and I sure appreciate Carl, thank you. you.